you might be. You take them shades though. I can't even take you seriously. Let's go, bro. <laughs> he gonna do the whole show in shades I'm doing though. <laughs> well, welcome back to Rock the Culture. This is season two, episode six. Rock the Culture is a podcast where we bring perspective and conversation on all things Central Arkansas, all things Little Rock, all things the culture. I'm your host, Antoine Phillips. You can find me on Instagram at Antoine Phillips. I'm with my main man. Your favorite representative, always repping. Two take, three terms. You can find me on Instagram at RepBlake36. This is a special pod today because uh, Rep Blake got on his glasses, so I threw on some glasses. It is embarrassing. <laughs> <yeah>. Embarrassing. <laughs> got, got these shades on. Y'all going to see me with these shades on soon. I've been holding them back, but it's Labor Day weekend, so I'm going to bring out the bring out my special shades. What it's you got to say, Blake? Uh, you look like Eddie Murphy in, in Beverly Hills Cop is what I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Bad joke, Blake, oh. been working. Bad joke, Blake, been yep, working. Getting it in. Uh, man, we got to, as we always do, it's season two, so we got to give a shout-out to our season two sponsor, Culturally Connected Communication C3. Um, continuing... To uh, put people together with brands, man. I, I saw some things, and we found out about some things, I guess probably a week ago, Blake, uh, where one of their clients needed folks to come film their commercial. Yeah. Uh, and C3 can make that connection happen for you. Conti- Absolutely. Continue Absolutely. to do the digital marketing piece. So if you're looking for help to build a brand, I was talking to my wife about this yesterday because um, she'd been listening to the pod, and she was like, you know what? I need to, I need to build my brand. So now I was wife, like, your wife finally, you just finally got your wife started listen, listening. No, to you, she been listening. I'm gonna give you that's the only way she listens to you. No, no, real talk, real talk, real talk. <laughs> we supposed to be doing the average, but I gotta put a pin right here. The other day we was at the house, we was talking about something, and then she said she asked me a question. I was like, you know what Jay Z said? And then she said, what, what do you say, Toy? I was like, what? <laughs> what, girl? Girl, you better stop. And, and, she, and she, she told me she she told me she really in, enjoyed my jokes on the last episode. So she, she said you was the hater. That, that that was really funny. She is a very nice person. <laughs> <laughs> she will say the nice things to you to make you feel better about yourself. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she was talking about her brand and just her personal, you know, professional brand. And when I when I think about branding and professionalism, I think about C three. So if you're ready to make that next move in your personal brand, holla at C3. Um, as always, got to give a shout-out to the Connects. Arkansas Times continue to give us the platform to bring you this podcast. Uh, they continue to be supportive of what we're doing for the culture. So shout-out to them. And uh, if you're not a subscriber to Arkansas Times, go go subscribe, man. They Hit the button, man. It's, what, $9.99 a month? Right, right. And great content, good quality. You, you can't get stuff for, for cheaper than that, man. Right, right. Good good quality content and great cover stories the past couple of weeks, man. Um, and then last week they did a cover story on Filmland. Uh, but the week before, I, I'm still parsing through the details on this uh, Rusty Cranford story, bro. Man, it's just a, keep bringing that up, man. Bro, because I'm, I'm just saying it's good reporting. And, the, and that guy wasn't <laughs> even from the Times, though, but it's good reporting. So y'all support them. Always uh, shout out to our guy, Grammy Q Note on the IG. Continue to represent for the culture. Uh, continue Keys to, rep- to the City TV Films on YouTube. Man, uh, we're we're doing what we're doing because of his expertise. Exactly. So I appreciate him. I appreciate his humility too, bro. Because he don't never want to. He don't want any shine. Unless 
unless John Lewis on the on and the then pod. yeah, and then he want to talk loud. He talk real. Like, he want to <laughs> he want to change the mic. He want to do all extra stuff. <laughs> we like yeah. we need you, bro. Uh, John Lewis come. He brought out his his fancy equipment. Told me I couldn't touch it. I know, right? Yeah, blazers on. <laughs> Who is Q note? <laughs> uh, but big up to him, man. Uh, we're gonna get into the. But the, you said Filmland, though. Uh, you, uh, you did oh, say Arkansas Times and Filmland, Land. man. We can't go, can't go exactly further right. without talking about the VIP Mix and Mingle. We had uh, Friday night at the Filmland, man. It was a beautiful crowd once again. Yeah. You know, we were we were, we had sent RSVPs out. I think uh, Rachel Norris told me we had 100 RSVPs, uh, 100 sponsors, and, and 100 members. So it was... It was, it was they were expecting about 300 people there at, at the VIP Mix and Mingle. And it was, it was beautiful, man. It was great. Um, and then some apologies, too, because there were people hitting us up up until Friday before the VIP Mix and Mingle. And because of the space, because of the time, we couldn't continue to give out the, art, the VIP tickets. But the people who came had a great time, yes, man. It was, a, it was a cool vibe. I mean, people, uh, it was a diverse crowd. Free drinks, people meeting, talking to actors, actresses, just talking about the culture, the culture, man. Rocking all, the culture. all together. So big shout out to, to, uh, big shout out to the uh, Arkansas Sim Society for putting on that event. And man, then, got to got to meet the the director and the some of the actors from the movie Davion, man. Oh uh, yeah, what what up to my boy Mook? Mook, what up, Mook? <laughs> From the hood, hey, yeah, <laughs> hey, that was a movie about the hood, man. About it's all, it's all Little Rock. It's it's real Little Rock. It's real Little Rock. Yeah. And one thing I was watching when you think about what we are as a city, uh, and obviously we having all these changes in our city leadership coming up. Blake's still looking at me funny because I got these shades on, but it's cool though, bro. You don't got to <laughs> look at do me crazy. Whole show with these shades <laughs> on, y'all. <laughs> it's um, embarrassing. But you think about the city, and you think about the people that were depicted in the movie uh, Davion, and what they expect out their city. Yeah. And what what type of leadership is going to be able to connect with those people to get them involved? That's one reason why we created Rock the Culture. So we 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 know we can reach them. We know we're yeah. comfortable around them, uh, and we can understand their situation and what they expect out out of their city. Everybody has uh, a unique set of experiences, but a lot of times when when you grow up in the same community, you know the struggle. Right. And 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 if we don't have leaders in our city in our county who, who understand what the struggle is for the everyday 13, 14-year-old kid growing up in Little Rock, man, then, then we're then we're missing out. Right, yeah. right. So, man, let's get right into the news. Three stories to talk about, uh, Blake, before we get to our special guest, former Representative Nate Steele is going to be here to talk about driving Arkansas forward in this casino uh, initiative that's going to be on our ballot in November. Uh, give us all the details about that. Uh, but before we get into that, I've got three stories to talk about. One... Uh, what happened at the Salt Bowl this mm. past uh, Saturday? Folks got salty. Uh, and then the other thing we're gonna talk about is Little Rock School District uh, facilities plan based on mm-hmm. the domino effect of getting rid of McClellan Affair and and building the new Southwest High School. Correct. Yeah. And then the third thing, give a shout out to uh, Representative Blake's alma mater, Central High Tiger Pride, and uh, some that they're doing big to commemorate Elizabeth Eckford. Uh, so let's first start off with the most recent story, Blake, is what happened Saturday night at War Memorial Stadium with the Salt Bowl. For y'all who don't know, the Salt Bowl is Ben versus Brian high school football game. 
Huge game. It's taking the place of the bell ball here in in uh, that that used to be played at War Memorial, that which was central. It was called first called Thanksgiving Day Bowl. Now yeah. it's, then it was Bell Bowl. Now it doesn't exist, which is a whole other conversation. But it's taking the place of that game. They have about 30, 30, 38, They had thirty eight thousand people there this year. I think they had. I think they have probably had more attendance than some of the Razorbacks games we didn't had at War Memorial Stadium recently. You may be right. Yeah, you may be right. Yeah. So Ben Bryan playing uh, their softball, their annual game. Uh, my understanding, uh, like I said, 38,000 people there estimated. Bryan's up in the third quarter, and then essentially all hell broke loose. Exactly. Panic, chaos. You know, it was just seeing the the the, the images and the pictures from from this weekend of people's faces, you know, that was – I'm sure it was absolutely absolute ter- terrifying there. Right. So what happened from what's been reported, and I know if you get on so- social media, you may hear some different things, but the official press releases from the Arkansas Parks and Tourism, excuse me, in the city of Little Rock Police Department, is that uh, a fight broke out between a couple individuals. And as a result of that fight, a couple things made very loud bang noises that people were mistaken for guns. One of which is somebody apparently did a dry taser. Yeah. And like, if you make what the, they call it, dry fire with a taser. Yeah, dry fire with a taser. And if the taser it doesn't makes a popping sound, yeah. It makes a popping sound if it doesn't interact with skin. And then the second thing is that when some people heard that noise, they began to panic and ran over some barricades. Which is another which hit the ground. Which hit the yeah. ground. Which also uh can give a loud popping sound. And at that point, some people yell, "Gun, gunman, gun, fire, whatever, yeah. whatever." And um, and you know how it is, man. In the society we live in now, you run, ask questions. What what, what they say on on uh, Kings of Comedy? You run first. You run ask questions. Yeah, you ask questions. What, what we running for? You don't. <laughs> black people don't ask what, what we was, running for. What was we running for? Yeah, you ask after the fact. And apparently, that ain't even just black people. White people think I'm running too now. Well, yeah, in Saline, but Saline. I wanted to say Saline County is. Uh, is getting more diverse each day. Yeah, that is yeah. true. A side note story about that. One of my best friends from college, white dude, came down here. We was at an event one night back in the early 2000s. 6'5". 6'5". Shout yeah. out 6'5". Six 6'5", five. Six five, a fan of the pie. He okay. called yesterday. and asked, Appreciate he's, you, 6'5". He said, uh, so Representative Blake... He a real representative. <laughs> <laughs> always repping. I said, yeah, bro, he always repping. <laughs> um, but anyway, we had an event... In classic stereotype, we heard what we thought was a gunshot in the club, yeah. but somebody had popped some balloons. It was nightlife back on university. I guess it was really Asher back in the day. Yeah. And we thought it was guns. So, you know, me, I hit the flow. Yeah. And I'm about to run, but my boy 6'5", he not from the culture so, initially. So he... He looking around like, what's he, that? He going toward the noise. <laughs> I had to grab. I said, "Bro, if you don't bring yo, <laughs> but it's family friendly, so we got to keep it. Yeah, I can't go there. <laughs> but apparently, that's not an issue anymore because this Saturday at the Salt Bowl, everybody ran. Er- everybody ran. There's a few different things that. So that's the background. A few different things that we want to talk about. I know you said you wanted to highlight something that that you became aware of, and then I want to kind of talk about the big picture as it relates to how we interact and perceive different schools as it relates to this event. When, when you have events like this, there's very tough to find the silver lining, to, to find high notes. But one, one, one story I saw that, that I think should be mentioned is that um, there was a kid named uh, Latavian Scott 
who actually was the star of the Salt Bowl. He, he had two rushing touchdowns over 100 yards in the first half. He's running back for – he started running back for Bryant. Um, he was he was exiting the field after the gunshots as well. But the story of his heroics is is pretty special. Uh, there was a friend of friend of mine named Zach Bradley who posted he had a Facebook post saying that he was there with a, another friend of ours, um, Tolbert. I just Nico. Like, Nico, yeah, Nico Tolbert, quick Tolbert on Facebook. Uh, Nico is in a wheelchair. He's him and Jack. Him and Zach play football together at, at J Fair. Played against us. Actually, J Fair was the only little high school that that that, that beat us in three years. But um, are you throwing shade at McClellan on the side in the middle of a serious store? McClellan didn't beat us. Man. I'm just saying. They, <laughs> I'm getting the real props is they the only school that beat us. They ain't fair. Um, but he was at the he was at the game uh, at War Memorial with with a friend of his when the when the shot fired uh, call was out. He had two three kids with him and, and his girlfriend. They're trying to get everybody out. They're at the top of the of the stadium trying to get the. Trying to get the wheelchair down, right? And he said the next thing he noticed was number twenty three. That this kid who had just was the was was the the most valuable would have been the most valuable players of the Salt Bowl was definitely having a great game, balling he, out, balling out. But but what speaks volumes is that he he was a hero. He picked up Nico and took him to the Little Rock Zoo. I mean that is that's that's exceptional, man. For your mind For to your- switch from I'm full mode game mode to. Let me just help out another person. Let me just help out another person. I mean, that's that's rocking the culture there. That that's being acceptable. That that's being a, a model uh, athlete and citizens on on and off the field. So so that was that was a pretty special story. No, nah, that's big props to him on that. And I'm sure that's one story that we heard about. And I'm sure in the midst of this melee, they they all all are going to come out. Start yeah. posting them, man. Start yeah. start start talking about them. Share some of is, these good stories. That that's that's some silver linings in a tough tough uh, situation. Right. And one thing I want to talk about it from a culture perspective. So this this happened during a, a game between Ben and Bryant. Yeah. And then what I, if what if it was? Is that where you're going with exactly? This? Go ahead, bro. Exactly. Ahead, so bro. you know, what if it was McClellan Fair, Mills and McClellan? Yeah, and yeah. this and this broke out, and it's Hall McClellan, yeah. the Hall and Mills, yeah, Hall and. Jacksonville, whoever you know, yeah. what I'm saying where the schools are predominantly. Would would we see this this same response and and, re- and reaction? You know, two three days later. You know, and and this is what I want to get at. I would hope so, but the fact that there's a question, yeah. the fact that people Good have point. have con- have concern about would this be the same way? That speaks. That's to me. That's the big issue. Yeah. Not not whether we would have received the same reaction from the city official, state officials. You know. Uh, and and we're law going, enforcement, and, and the city is going to get a bad rap because it's happening in the city, right? But remember that this was people from Saline County that were in Little Rock, right? And right, and and, so. and, it, and this and it brings into the uh, it's a bad narrative that continues. Now, if you live outside the city, you're like, see, we was in Little perception Rock, perception problem, the same. We was in problem, Little Rock, yeah. and this what happens, and we don't know who was involved in this or who started this or not. But the fact that I know people, you know people, people who listen to this pod know people yeah. who was like, man, if that was McClellan and somebody else, we wouldn't have had the same reaction. I think that says a lot about what we need to do as a culture, as a community. As a community, absolutely right. Do some perception building. Yeah. And, and relationship building and connecting folks because we shouldn't, that shouldn't be the case. Yeah, I agree Should, with you. Shouldn't be the case. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it there and move on to our next story as it relates to the Little Rock School District. Uh, kind of, kind of great segue. 
Um, to d today, Monday, August 27th, there's going to be a presser led by Superintendent Michael Poor mm -hmm. to talk about the Little Rock School District facility uh, plan going forward. And the background on this, for people who don't know, is that uh, McClellan and Fair are going to be closed down. They got one more school year left, so they got 1819, then 1920, mm -hmm. and then the fall of 2020, Southwest High School will open up. As a result of Southwest High School opening up and McClellan and Fair closing down, now you got a domino effect in Little Rock School District on what to do with our building. Re Repurpose of a building, closing down of schools, you know, um, trying trying to figure out how we can how we can use our resources effectively and right. efficiently. Right. Yeah. So you're gonna have McClellan. That building is gonna be empty. Yeah. Uh, J Fair. J Fair is gonna be empty, and. So there's been conversation on what you do with these buildings that you mentioned. Some of the ideas that's been thrown out and that's going to come up, and we'll talk about the details of these forms in here in a second. Uh, there are suggestions that Cloverdale will close. Will close, and then you will make McClellan's building a K through eight academy, kind of like Forest Heights. Correct. Okay. Correct. There's other conversation. What do we do with JA Fair? I've heard the, the newest building in the school district. The newest building, the best, probably in the best shape of all the high schools. Yeah. Uh, what do you do with that building? I heard mm. some people make the idea that maybe you send the kids from Henderson. I was thinking that. Yeah. And you send them to JA Fair and maybe start that as a K eight K through eight academy because it's a big enough campus. Yeah. So then, what do you do with the Henderson campus? Well, we we actually have built a, a middle school in West Little Rock to take that takes most of those kids who were assigned to Henderson. Are going to Pinnacle View now, right? Yeah, so right. We we've kind of <clears throat> solved the problem and just left people at Henderson. You know, solved the problem about being a, building a middle school, but just left some kids at Henderson. So. Right. So you got. So this is what this presser is going to be about, and and it's going to be a. Uh, this is like the kickoff mm -hmm. of multiple forms that are going to happen throughout the city over the next few weeks. Oh, when's the first one? Twan? The first one is five uh, September four. Okay. At five thirty p.m. at McClellan High School, and the way these forms are going to be set up, you get there at five thirty. There's a walkthrough of the building. So I know a lot of times people. Talk about these places and, and you never that's, never been. That's excellent. I, I, that's a point. I think that's a point that I've, I've made over and over right. again. You know, we should we should know what we're advocating for. Right. We should be uh, those buildings and those campuses should be tangible. We should have tangible experiences in, in that in those buildings by being there. Right. And that's and that's one thing that I hope everybody takes takes advantage of. Yeah. And the classic example of that when they got ready to uh, close down McClellan and we were talking about this whole thing about the second lien bonds and the millage yeah. election and all that that happened uh, a year ago, people were like, man, we got to get a new high school in Southwest because McClellan doesn't have windows. And I'm like, bro, McClellan had windows. McClellan barely got uh, indoor walls. You know, <laughs> right, you know got, what I'm saying? He got a courtyard. But people, people didn't know that because they hadn't been there. They hadn't seen what these facilities looked like. Exactly. So McClellan's on September the 4th. And then the weeks following that, they're going to be, um, I have my notes here. I know Pinnacle View was one, Dunbar. Um, and Bell Elementary. Bell Elementary is, is one more, right? And at Fair. Fair. At Fair. Okay. And we'll post those dates so you can know about when those things are happening. Uh, the other thing that's important about this, well, two other things that are important. One, we, we always talk about what's going on with the schools, and we say we don't got a local control, which is true. Yeah. And we don't have involvement. Um, and that's that's true too. But this is an opportunity for you to be involved. If mm -hmm. you want to have a voice on how the school district looks yes. and where kids are going to be housed for their education, then you need to be at these forums. 
be there and and be heard when doing it at this public forum because they're going to be. I know they're talking about maybe re, redistricting schools. Uh, we're changing the lines for the, and for that was going to be the second point. Now, yeah. they, now you're talking about attendance zones, and yeah. that's where it's going. People are going to get excited. And, but there's also a fear that those kids who have been assigned to Fair McClellan won't be assigned to the new high school if we change the the, the zones in the district before 2020. You know, that's these kids, our kids have been waiting for a new high school, right? And if they're if they're left off of of the zoning for for this new Southwest High School, it's it's going to be a catastrophe, in my, in my opinion. I mean, the, we, we should be servicing the kids who we haven't focused on, who we haven't been serving over the last 20, 30 years. And here we go. This is going to be one of the better buildings in the state. You know, It should make, be the best building. Yeah, it, it should be the best building in the state. And just making sure that that um, everyone who's zoned to Fair McClellan are continuing to be zoned to, to this to this new high school should should be a focus of ours as well. Yeah, yeah. Um... And when you do that, you're gonna have ripple effects. Yeah. Like all this. So if you if if you change even to a little bit, you t- tinker with those attendance zones where people in the Southwest make sure they do go to this new Southwest High School. W- what do those kids that were going to Cloverdale that's going to New McClellan? What about those kids that were going to Henderson that may end up in a building at J Fair? Uh, do you? I mean, this is the the uh, the boogeyman of it all. Do you mess with central lines? Do and that's that's the biggest fear that a lot of people have. Yeah. A lot of central supporters, a lot of people from West Little Rock, because I think even in the article that uh, that you're reading from, it talks about there's an empty office building over at Pinnacle View, right? Which is I think the LRSD athletic department is in right now. Yeah, and and, and it was mentioned that there's a need for for a West Little Rock high school, a West Little Rock high school. You're talking about a ripple effect. That's a wave effect on what happens to to the the central attendance zone. Correct. So um, that that should be an interesting conversation. Which is, and I've I've been an advocate of you know not I can advocate too strong of a word, but I've expressed this opinion before. The way the central attendance zone is set up, I mean, I live out in uh, West Little Rock, and there's a circle. Yeah. If you look at the attendance map. Where people who live in a certain neighborhood get to go to Central. Pleasant Valley, St. Charles, all the villages, of, west, villages west of Wellington. Of, of, yeah, Henson and Chanel. Even though they're across town from uh from Central High, they still get to go. So these are these are important conversations. Yes, that we all need to be involved in. You gotta be involved in these conversations. Uh so we'll post those dates uh so everyone can be informed and be involved. And again, we're gonna rock the culture. You gotta be involved in these type of issues. Absolutely. All right, and that brings us to our last story, Blake, uh, which is important because, man, it's so much brighter in here when you take your sunglasses off. <laughs> feel like those, Thank somebody, you, Jesus. feel like Finally. somebody turned the sun on. <laughs> turned the silly off. He's sitting here with shades on, look, looking like he ushered in 2004. Hey, you don't have to call. It's okay, girl. My boo. <laughs> I'm going to be all right. Okay, tonight. go back. Get back to the story. Uh, get back man. to the story. All right. <laughs> so last week we got the had the magical moment on the pod to meet John Lewis. And one thing Blake that you and I talked about is that how near in time it is since when we were living in a society where yeah. civil rights where it was not a given by any means 60 years ago. 60 years ago and to sit down with a man who lived through the civil rights movement was there in Selma on Bloody Sunday, was there for the boycotts and all those different things. And it kind of humbles you because you're like, man, this wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. 
And then sometimes we take for granted that we got the same type of history. Right down the street. Right down the street in our yes, own sir. backyard. And you think about Central High and you think about the Little Rock Nine. And I think you told me that John Lewis said Yeah, that that they were they were heroes of, of his growing up. That that he that he saw, you know, 14, 15, 16 year old kids. Uh, that was one of the first news stories. I think he said it's the first news story he saw on, on on television. Right. And it was it was Little Rock, it was Elizabeth Eckford in um marching with people screaming behind her in, in uh right in front of Central High School on Park Street. Right, so in in commemoration of that, uh, folks at Central, folks at uh, the the museum, folks at um, the Clinton School of Public Service, and others mm-hmm. have decided to create a, a commemorative bench. Yeah, in honor of Elizabeth Eckford, because uh, there are photographs, very powerful photographs that she's in. One where she's walking to school with people screaming behind, people her. screaming behind her, piercing eyes. Yeah. you know, you can tell that they're yelling. Then there's another very strong image of her sitting on this bench. On, on the bus bench. On yeah. the bus bench. With with some people shielding people around, but still a, a mob, a right. mob of people. Right. You know, and assaulting she, her, she, accosting her, I guess. Right, and she's still here. No, assault is just assault. The, is the apprehension of fear. Okay. That's the legal definition, okay. so you can't be assaulted in that, in that regard. But so she's still here in Little Rock. We still see her. She was at the John Lewis event. Yes, she was. Very powerful photo. I've seen a couple of them with with them embracing, and 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 him him telling her thank you and hugging. And that was that was that was a powerful moment here in Little Rock. Right. So I w- weekends ago, we wanted to give a shout out to what's going on at the Central High School National Historic Site for having this commemorative bench mm-hmm. in her honor. It's going to be revealed. Next Monday, September next Tuesday, September fourth, okay, at four thirty p.m. Open to the public. You can come see this moment. There will be remarks by different folks, including including, excuse me, Miss Eckford, to talk about the experience and what this bench means to her. Uh, and now will be part of the Central High Museum. When you come and do a tour, yeah, you will walk down those same that same walkway that she walked on and sit on that same bench that she. That she sat on, so you can really experience that moment. She That's had. awesome, man. I actually got the pleasure of of sitting with her a couple weekends ago when John Lewis was in town, yeah. And we had uh, we talked to CNN about just our experiences at, at Central, and hearing you know, every time I see her or the are a member of the right now, I have to tell them thank you. Starting off, right? Um, you know, I'm I'm truly walking in in their footprints of giants. So it's it, it's awesome to be in a room, but just to sit sit there and hear her experience of what happened when she was at Central and where Central is now and what Central could be uh, was was really powerful. So if, if, if that's big to you, and it should be, uh, and if you have time, go out and support them on this event, Definitely. September Definitely. 4th at 4.30 p.m. at Central High, um, because that's big for our culture. You can't think about Little Rock. You can't think about the culture of Little Rock without thinking about uh, Elizabeth Eckford. Uh, so big shout-outs to her and a, a big thank you as well. And we're going to transition to our special guest with us here today, uh, a man who's been working. Man, you've been working hard. You're in the paper every week with boxes in your hands. I've been hauling a lot of boxes. <laughs> <laughs> today we have with us attorney and, and former state representative, Nate Steele. Nate, if you will, say hello to the people. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. Really good to be here. Absolutely. We want to have you on because we know um, that you all uh, have been working hard to bring some changes to Arkansas economic development, entertainment-wise. Uh, so if you would, just kind of let's just jump right into it. What is driving Arkansas forward? What What's the purpose? W- why did you feel the need to, to be involved 
in, in the capacity that you are? Well, uh, again, thanks for having me. Driving Arkansas Forward is a ballot question committee <clears throat> that was formed for the purpose of authorizing some limited casino gaming here in Arkansas. And originally, it dedicated the funding for those uh, tax revenues to highway funding. The version that the Attorney General eventually certified after seven attempts or so ended up not having the dedicated funding. So the funding now uh, will go to the localities where these uh, casino resorts will be located and to the state general revenue, uh, hopefully still for, for some use towards highways. So let me break that down to make sure I understand it. So wherever the casino is located, when you say localities, does that just mean that means that county? County and city. Uh, so this is a, a merit-based application process. It will expand casino gaming at Oaklawn and Southland, which you probably know is already pretty close with right. electronic games hot, of skill. Hot, hot, hot Springs and West Memphis, right? That's right. Hot yeah. Springs and West Memphis. And then it would authorize two new locations, uh, one either within or up to two miles outside of the city limits of Pine Bluff, Jefferson County, and the other one within or up to two miles outside the city limits of Russellville and Pope County. Um, and I know there's been... A, a bunch of different attempts to expand gaming in Arkansas to bring, you know, you know, legitimate casinos. You know, I know a lot of people. I've been a person who driven in Tunica right. and, and spent my money across uh, the lines. I got a good story about that one time too, if I can break. <laughs> one time I'm in Tunica and I'm playing, uh, I'm playing uh, blackjack mm -hmm. and I'm losing. So my wife uh, said it's time to go because we we were losing. And then I walk out the casino, right? And I had my iPhone. I didn't have a case on. And I dropped my iPhone. And it cracked. And, you know, the the competitive person inside of me said, you know what? You got to go win some money. At least pay for, <laughs> pay for a new iPhone. So I, w I went inside and got on the roulette table and, uh, you know, put it all on black. black? <laughs> it was red. <laughs> not for the culture. That, not, not for the culture. The point of that story is, is that I was I was promoting economic development in That's another right. state. That's right, and and not in my own state. And uh, so how to to bring it back to drive at Arkansas four? How is this different than the other initiatives that we've seen in the past? Well, it's different in a lot of ways. But first, I want to uh, make a point about what you just said. You know, Arkansas is surrounded by casinos. Yeah, uh, I'm from Southwest Arkansas. Shreveport has really exploded over mm -hmm. the past several years mm -hmm. because of that offer. Uh, there's one in South Central Arkansas, right across the border. They're up and down the, the eastern border in Mississippi, up and down the western border in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So it's not as if Arkansans aren't engaging in casino gaming. They are. Um, but we're just taking that money to, to another state. Correct. Uh, and, and, you know, we've got polling that shows um, a, a minimum of 30% of people polled say they regularly attend casinos mm -hmm. out of state. So that's 30%. And, and as you know, We've got a population center in Little Rock, which is a long way from the border. So that, I think that says a whole lot. Uh, people engage in it regularly. They just they we're not we're not capturing the tax revenue. So that's kind of what this is intended to do. But it, it's different than the previous amendments in two really major ways. One, it allows for complete local control over the license over the qualifications of a licensee, meaning that you can't get a license, and the licenses will be awarded by the Racing and Gaming Commission. But you can't be a qualified applicant unless you have a letter of support, the written support of both the city and the county where you're applying. Okay. Uh, so, you know, you, nobody's going to force this into a community that doesn't want it. So even if this passes in November, the localities still will need to give consent and approval for 
construction or whatever to begin. Correct. So the, the leaders of Pine Bluff and Jefferson County would have to give a written uh, support uh, of a, for a licensee to obtain a license, and the same is true in Pope County and Russellville. So that's one major way that it's different. The second, the second uh, way it's different is that it is a merit-based selection process. So a lot like what you saw in medical marijuana, although hopefully a lot smoother process. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's not talk about, let's not mix the two. <laughs> well, there's no, there's, no, there's no independent commission involved in this. Uh, this is people that, that are used to, to doing this kind of thing for a living at DF&A and, and the Racing Commission. So I think it'll be a lot smoother process, but it will be a merit-based selection process. Uh, no, it's not. There's nobody guaranteed a license. In previous amendments, um, licensees were written into the Constitution. The LLCs or corporate entities were into the Constitution, went into communities that may, may or may not want them. This addresses both of those things. It, you still have to apply with the Racing Commission. Um, you have to have the support of the community to get a license. And I didn't. I and this is me not being a good interviewer. I didn't even I told people who you are, but I didn't ask what's your role with driving Arkansas forward. I'm legal counsel to driving Arkansas forward. Okay. So the chairman is a gentleman named Don Tilton who does uh, lobbying for the Quapaw Tribe of Oklahoma and it's no secret that the Quapaw Tribe of Oklahoma is the uh, most significant funder of this amendment and the reason for that uh, I'll be happy to get into but uh, they are interested in the Jefferson County location, but again, to their credit, they're funding this without any guarantee of mm. getting a license. Right, right. Um, and so we've seen you in the paper recently hauling a bunch of boxes, and off air you told me you were flexing the last time. <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, th- and that's why you roll up your sleeves so exactly. people can see a little forearm. Well, you know, it's a little hot out there, too. That wasn't all imagery. I mean, uh, it's not easy. You know, it's funny. We, Shiver we, work. <laughs> we spent, you know, we spent a, a significant amount of money, all that's been disclosed on our financial reports, to canvassing, we had up to 200 canvassers in the field at one, at any at, at the highest point towards the end of the summer, getting signatures. We had to get, you know, 85,000, roughly 85,000 valid signatures to qualify for the ballot. So we we had at least 200 people helping us canvass. But I didn't find out until the deadline to turn in the the, the petition parts that none of those people were dedicated to actually carrying the boxes to the Secretary of State's <laughs> office. I learned that that was my role. So. I had to go get legal a, counsel courier. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, you know, we, we we anticipated from the very beginning uh, there are a lot of moneyed interests that will be affected by this, namely across state lines in Tunica and Shreveport and places like that. And so we anticipated a legal challenge from those folks that are enjoying getting Arkansas tax money. So we we the reason that legal counsel is so heavily involved in this is that knowing on the front end that there's likely to be a legal challenge. Uh, we were very, very careful and meticulous in gathering the signatures and and and, and actually delivering them ourselves. <laughs> and when you talk about that process, kind of give a little background. So we know you brought in a bunch of signatures. How many signatures did you need, and why was that number the the requirement? Well, we had to have eighty four thousand eight hundred and fifty nine, and that figure is based on ten percent of the previous votes cast in the previous most recent uh, governor's election. That's the constitutional standard. So, so that would have uh, been a 2014 election? Correct. In the 2014 election, uh, based on that figure and the percentage in the Constitution, we had to have 84,859. That figure could change if there are more votes cast in the next governor's election. Yeah. It'll go up or down or whatever. Uh, but that's what the figure is this cycle, and th- that's, that's valid signatures. So, obviously, uh, you're always going to have some duplicates. Some people maybe registered to vote in one county, but they live in another. They're not really sure. They might sign twice. That happens a lot. 
Uh, so you're not, it's not fraud. It's, there's just a whole lot of, you know, somebody could leave right down the wrong address or, or whatever. Right. So you have to have that many actual valid signatures for the Secretary of State to count. And so you kind of build a buffer, and we ended up turning in 137,000 uh, wow. signatures. Wow, that is a lot. And that's all over the state, right? So y'all working or having people, having people work all across the state? Correct. You, and you have, by law, you have to have at least 15 counties. Uh, so you can't I didn't know up, that. Can't set up shop in one county. Okay, you just can't hang out at run a score up. Yeah, yeah. Right. Hang out at the War Memorial on one day and get a bunch of signatures. Right. You okay. got to have at least fifteen counties, and um, and and you know we were able to do that on the first submission. There's a cure period that we qualified for, so um, and and that extended the deadline to turn in the signatures. So we we ended up turning them in. Um, was it last week? I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I said, we got up to 137,000. That's more than we need. We recognize that. But we wanted to, to kind of show that we're going above and beyond in terms of what the legal requirements are so that if anybody challenges us, uh, they'll, they'll know not to spend uh, good money after bad trying to challenge signatures when you got to knock off <laughs> got to knock off several thousand. You'd have to find it. And they still on here say, look, y'all, I did it right. Don't waste <laughs> your money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the the next thing that comes up, you mentioned Oakland and Southland, and I think conventional wisdom would be, hey, why would they want, why would they be supportive of something like this when they're, I mean, essentially these could be competitors. So kind of tell us on why, why there's a somewhat of a collaborative process there. That's a good question. Well, uh, you know, currently they're limited to what is what is defined in the law as electronic games of skill. And we've seen, you know, there's there are machine makers out there that make machines just for that, just to fit that legal requirement. And, and they're growing under that requirement, but not anywhere near uh, the, the, the way they could grow if they could market traditional casino gaming and provide traditional casino gaming. So obviously they will, they will benefit substantially, both locations, by offering full-scale casino gaming just like they have across the border at Tunica or Shreveport. Right. Also, I think it's important to say that the chances of Arkansas being kind of on an island and off, not offering casino gaming while every state surrounding us does, um, you know, in perpetuity are pretty low. Everybody knows there, you know, we've amended our constitution a lot of different ways. We've, mm-hmm. we've accepted medical marijuana. We've done all these things that people used to say, the lottery, for example, things that people used to say wouldn't be possible. So I think both of those locations recognize that there's going to be a casino gaming regime in this state at some point. Um, we think ours is the, a very reasonable and responsible way to do that. But the one next cycle, if this one doesn't pass, may have 20 locations all over the state. And obviously that wouldn't be good for Oakland and Southland. Yeah. So uh, the last one, for example, when we submitted ours, there was an opposing amendment that was submitted as well. Right, right. I think it had five or six locations, not including Oakland and Southland, and no local control. And the LLCs were written into the Constitution originally, or I think the land uh, parcels were written into the Constitution. Those were already owned by LLCs. So, you know... You're going to have a casino amendment regime eventually, and you might end up with one of those that, frankly, I don't think is uh, is very, very careful. Yeah. Right. So I think that's one reason why uh, we're seeing support that's broader than usual. And obviously there's a, um entertainment value that comes with casinos, but talk about the at least your understanding of the potential economic development impact. Obviously, when you're talking about jobs and oh, obviously yeah. tax revenues. We're looking at... You know, I'm most familiar with the Jefferson County location because, as I mentioned, uh, transparently, and, and I want to be clear about this, the Quapaw tribe, who originally put this together, 
uh, told us on the very front end to be 100% transparent. No, no hidden balls, no, no funding through, you know, nonprofits right. to hide the money, nothing like that. They said, we want to be, we're going to do this. We want to be upfront. We've been in Jefferson County, um, the Quapaw tribe, uh, and I want to make this distinction. These, these are commercial casinos. These are not Native American casinos like you see in Oklahoma. So it's not some kind of sovereign sovereignty thing or anything like that. If they get a license, they have to operate the same way that, you know, okay. Harris would or anybody mm-hmm. like that. But they began discussing this with leaders in Jefferson County quite some time ago, in large part because the original Quapaw Reservation is here, and it was it was uh, just recently there was an anniversary I saw that was posted in the Arkansas Times. But the original parking Quapaw Reservation goes from Rock Street here in Little Rock, pretty much due south, over to Pine Bluff, and it's a I think it's a, an area about the size of Delaware. And that's the original reservation. So the Quapaws have been looking for some significant investment to, to put here in Arkansas for quite some time. They ended up discussing this with leaders in Pine Bluff and Jefferson County. And what they're proposing is a $300 million resort uh, operation down there. This is not some kind of metal building with slot machines. Mm-hmm. You know, we're mm-hmm. talking about a $300 million investment, a thousand jobs uh, in year one, to answer your question, uh, roughly a thousand jobs, roughly. Um, Gosh, they're going to do probably. I've got the tax revenue figures in in, in front of me, and I'll have to refresh my memory right. a little bit. But a a really really significant amount of local uh, tax revenue, not counting you know the hotel room taxes and the construction to all that, just off net gaming receipts alone, a significant amount of this uh, this license. So not only local revenues, but you mentioned that some of these revenues also go to the state's general fund too, right? Correct, correct. There's about a hundred we, we project and I do think this is a conservative estimate, but we project about hundred and twenty million dollars uh, in tax revenue just from net gaming receipts alone. Again, that's not hotel rooms, anything like that. But about hundred and twenty million dollars from net gaming receipts alone. Uh, of that I think around sixty million uh, would go to state general revenue. And I'm I'm excited about this, and uh, I know a lot of people across the state are about these opportunities. I know they're, I, mean, I have family members that load up and get on these charter buses to go to Tunica because they want to enjoy these offerings that we don't have in our state. Um, and this is probably the $100 million question. If this passes, how long before I can play blackjack <laughs> in Pine Bluff or somewhere near Pine Bluff? Well, I anticipate they'll break ground immediately. I think uh, Downstream Casino and Resort, which is owned by the Quapaw Tribe up around Joplin, Missouri, mm-hmm. was constructed in less than a year. Um, uh, and they'll, they'll usually get the casino operational even before they're finishing out the hotel rooms and things like that. So I, I would think you're probably looking at, uh, you know, maybe end of next year uh, before you have an, a, a facility open. And, again, I want to stress this. The reason there are only two new locations are because we are providing for, in this amendment, resort-style um, casinos. Right. The, these are going to be, I think, facilities that we – obviously we've convinced the leaders of Jefferson County and Pine Bluff that it's a facility they'll be proud of and that will be a major employer and a major community partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, these these things are going to be something that I think will really draw a lot of attention to, the, to that part of the state, generate a lot of income. And, you know, if there's always the knock on casino, casinos that they're going to take advantage of, of people that uh, that can't afford to, to be gaming. But you don't do that with a $300 million resort, right? You're bringing people in with a $300 million resort. This is right. not some kind of, uh, you know, low-hanging fruit operation here. So I think um, I think you'll have that resort uh, operational, hopefully, by the end of next year. Well, I'm excited about that. And whenever I think, you know, every show on the pod, we always hit you with a Jay-Z verse. 
And I, I had one in my mind the whole time you were talking. I'm like, you know, is that really, is that really a good one? But you know what Jay Z said, Blake. What would he say to him? He said, "Man, you can't beat the odds, can't cheat the cards, can't blow too hard. Life's a deck of cards." That's from Falling on American Gangster. And what that tells me, from a, a casino perspective, is that w- this is this is entertainment. It's recreational, obviously economic development. But I don't think anyone thinks that you're about to go in there and uh, you can't cheat the cards. Right. You can't blow too hard. This is this is fun, and, I, and I'm looking forward to the opportunity. But I don't want, like you said, you don't want, this is not to take advantage of people coming there trying to, you know, spend their last few dollars trying to get rich. This is not what this is about. Right. You and don't want to blow too hard on a deck of cards. Exactly. Or it all falls down, and according to Jay-Z. Exactly. And, you know, like I said, we've got a lottery in the state. We've got... Um, We've got electronic games of skill, and we've got casinos across the border. So gambling or some form of gaming is not new to the state. Yeah. Uh, it's just let, let's find a way to do it responsibly and in a, in a way that can really benefit the locality. Last question. This is personal to me and maybe hopefully some of our listeners. Recently, the, the United States Supreme Court essentially legalized sports gambling. Uh, why are you pointing to me? Because you are the worst fantasy football player on earth. What? (laughs) My team, I just had a draft last weekend, team looking solid. Got a strong B plus from my my draft grade. And and we'll check back week five. Yeah, check back week five on on my team. My team name is called the Head Waiters. Because Head Waiters... Because my rap name, this is, you didn't even know this about me, Nate. But back in the day, I used to rap. And my rap name was Head because I was holding everybody in Arkansas down. Okay. This is my acronym. Why y'all laughing so hard? <laughs> Look, I'm being so serious right now, though. So my fantasy football team name, Nate, is called the Head Waiters because I'm serving folks. Gotcha. That's how I do it. Okay. You see that? You like that? So you want your interest in sports betting? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so <laughs> bring it back around. Will that be? Will you bring? Thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing it back around. Will that? Do you? Is that anticipated to be part of what's offered at these uh, venues? Yes, um, that's a good question. And sports betting, sports wagering, is contained in the definition of casino gaming as something that, by law, they would be authorized to to offer at, at these casino resorts. Yes. Okay. And, and by the way, I think Mississippi's already passed a law to conform with yes, the federal law. Mm-hmm. A lot of surrounding states will. So we just wanted to make sure we weren't operating at a disadvantage to, to casinos across the across the river. So we added that uh, after the Supreme Court opinion. Well, thank you, Nate. Uh, we, on our podcast, we want to be informational and entertaining to our listeners um, and also talk about things that affect our culture, which include things like this. When you talk about these uh, opportunities, economic development and entertainment, and like you mentioned, Everyone around us is doing it, and me included, have went to other states and, and took advantage of opportunities that are not offered here. So appreciate you. Appreciate the folks that are driving Arkansas forward for giving us the opportunity um, to, to have those type of offerings in our state. And I think I'd be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to tell people when the election is so they can make sure to – to, to voice their opinion on this issue. Yeah, it's uh, November 6th. And again, the name of the organization pushing this is Driving Arkansas Forward. And the website's drivingarkansasforward.com. You can go on there and see some of our ads. And read, you can read, we put the entire text of the amendment on that website too. And it's written in plain English. Mm-hmm. So if you're curious about what's in it, I, I encourage people to just go to drivingarkansasforward.com and read it. Well, man, I appreciate you for rocking the culture with us. Uh, we, we, 
I'm, I'm excited about the different things that are happening in our state on different levels, and, and this is a part of it, and that's one of the reasons why we create this podcast to, to share different information. So, again, thank you. We thank our listeners for tuning in for Episode 6 of Season 2. Uh, look forward to next week. We're off for Labor Day, but we will hit you with a bonus pod with our uh, special guest, Mario Settles, to talk about his uh, new venture with Truck Please. As always, you can keep up to date with us on all our social media channels. Where can they find us, Three Term? On Facebook, at Rock the Culture. On Instagram, at Rock the Culture. And on Twitter, at Rock the Culture. And you can find your boy, Head Waiter. <laughs> Head Waiters, also known as Antoine Phillips, on Instagram. And, and my guy, Two Take, Three Term Blake. Your favorite representative, always repping on Instagram, at RepBlake36. Man, you hating on that name. People, gonna, people love the name Head Waiters, though. And I saw Q, before we go, Q, I saw you over here counting my acronym to make sure my acronym was correct. But the N is a proposition that's not included in the acronym. So it's holding everybody in Arkansas down. Heod. Just just for the grammar folks out there who's trying to get on my acronyms, like you know, I just want y'all to know I did think about it. And the N was not included in the acronym. We'll see y'all next week. (laughs) 